Hey guys, welcome in. This is Brad with College Sportscast. Tonight we have a special guest with us, and this is a special show for us. We're going to be doing our game day pick'em, but we're going to start with an interview. Um, we have Landrum Roberts with us tonight. Hey, Landrum, how are you? Broses, I'm doing well. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody there is doing well. That's that's great. We are, and, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Landrum is uh, on the 94.5 Jocks Birmingham Sports Radio Station. He does the Morning Jocks show, and he also does the three-man front on the radio for 94.5 Jocks. So we're excited to have Landrum on with us today. And uh, John Roberts is knows Landrum, and he kind of led Landrum being with us. So I'm going to throw it to him and let him kind of answer or ask some questions for Landrum. Hey, Landrum. Uh, so we got Landrum here from uh, Jocks 94.5, uh, the co-host of the Three Man Front and the Morning Jocks. Uh, Morning jocks from 6 to 7 a.m. Central, three-man front from 10 to 12 Central, Monday through Friday. That is correct, right? That is, that is, <laughs> uh, that's absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah, you, can, you can listen to them if you're outside the Birmingham area, which a lot of the people that listen to us are outside the Birmingham area. Are, uh, you can go through the jocks app or the website, I guess. Mainly the app is where I would be pushing for yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Jocks on the four five app. You can you can download it. You can take the show. Uh, we're college football centric, three hundred and sixty five days a year. So you can take us wherever you go throughout your travels. But uh, and of course, yeah, I appreciate you guys having us. Yeah. All right. Uh, but uh, first, I mean, so CFP posted their uh, their top twenty five last night, and uh, going through the top ten, I mean, is there anything that stood out to you uh, from what they uh, from what they posted? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, having having the chairman of the college football playoff committee, the fact that his name is Boo, and the fact that he is using terms <laughs> like uh, they've got dudes on defense uh, is is awesome to me. The transparency, but it's it's <laughs> right. it, they are absolutely in a impossible spot to have the 13 members of that committee to have to week to week break down where sometimes it's, you know, a frog hair difference between this team and that team. I think the thing that stood out to me was you have an LSU team that they ranked fifth last night behind TCU at four. And then behind LSU, they have USC who they were praising and talking about how many points they were scoring per game then USC adds a notch to their belt. They play their rival UCLA. And they win by three. But then the, the thing that is noted is the fact, yeah, on the road. But the thing that is noted is the fact that they're giving up a bunch of points. Right. And uh, I and and look, I'm an SEC flag bearer. Uh, I think that the Southeastern Conference, and I don't think we need any more proof. Um. Has has the best football, has the best athletes. You you can ask NFL scouts, and you just go back and you can look to the, you know, the, the record books at championships. Um, but the week to week difference and the, the 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 reasoning and the rationale that we get from the the college football 
uh, playoff committee is, you know, I don't have a problem with it. It's, um, like I said, it's a tough spot, but I think it is, it is comical. And for me, it's entertainment just to hear what, what Boo Corrigan is going to have to say or whoever is the committee chair that week or that year is going to have to say because they absolutely run in circles. But in their defense, I don't think they really have any choice. But LSU at five with two losses was the thing that really stood out to me. I agree yeah. with that. What do you think about Alabama at seven? Don't have a problem with it at all. Um, if you go eye test and that's what we're supposed to do, you try to to you know, rationalize, you know, a Clemson team that that should be ranked ahead of Alabama. And you're going to yeah. have a hard time doing it. And in Clemson's defense, the years that they played their schedule, and maybe it was a Texas A&M in Game Two of their regular season, and then the ACC, which they couldn't control, was weak, and I believe is still top to bottom the weakest conference that's that's out there. Um, but they don't have an elite quarterback. They don't have the elite skill players that they've had at the running back position and also the wide receiver position. And you go eye test, and you're going to try to convince me that Clemson is a better team than Alabama? Absolutely not. So Alabama at seven, I don't have a problem with. I, you know, I think Alabama-USC, that would be fascinating. We've already seen Alabama – in LSU, but then, and I don't want to go down a wormhole, but if if we went Alabama and TCU, that's where a real discussion starts because I would have a hard time believing that TCU would beat Alabama. Well, so what yeah. do you think about Tennessee dropping to 10? Um, you know, Tennessee, I, I, I love this Tennessee team. I absolutely loved what, and I still do, what Josh Heupel did and coming in, coming in uh, facing an impossible task, flipping that roster, getting guys like Jalen Hyatt, and of course, uh, you know Cedric Tillman, Hendon Hooker, absolutely making himself a whole lot of money coming from Virginia Tech, and is fitting those pieces together. And it did remind me of a 2010 Auburn team with Gene Chizik, and having a dynamic guy at quarterback, the right system with Gus Malzahn, Cam Newton at quarterback, having a Nick Fairley on the defensive line. But outside of that, not having just, you know, elite, elite, elite top-to-bottom talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball and at the wideout position, but it worked. Uh, that being said, I was, I was just blown away by what South Carolina was able to do in, in that Absolutely. game. So, um, you know, I, th I think South Carolina with Shane Beamer uh, and Spencer Radler playing out of his mind – <laughs> yeah, we're able to do to them. No, it, it kind of puts into perspective the week to week and how you can't put all of this stock that we naturally do as college football fans. And I do on a, you know, have to do on a weekly basis in one particular team. And then that's what separates a team like a Georgia or in past years, a team like an Alabama from the rest of the field. And well, that's kind of like, oh. Hang on. This, the reason why yeah. I asked you about Tennessee is Tennessee beat LSU and they beat all and they beat Alabama. Absolutely. And they're ten, and LSU's five, and Alabama's seven. No, and and they have ahead. the same records. No, you, you, and you're exactly right. Um, I think I think the difference there is what I look at, and yeah, may, maybe it's a surprise. 
the way that they looked against Georgia, that was the first warts that we saw. How are they going to match up on the road against a Georgia team? That is a we can all agree on that, and they have been for the last couple of years under Kirby Smart. Um, didn't have a problem with that. Gave them the benefit of the doubt. Still would have them above TCU, and I clamored for it, and I argued with my my showmate Pat Smith. Uh, for for an hour about right. how Tennessee and their resume and their eye test was better than TCU, and that was just last week prior to balls South going to Columbia, South Carolina. Right. Um, but then when you look, and I know that that Hendon Hooker, you know, and it's so unfortunate, but you look at what happened in Columbia, and that's just that's hard to it's hard to get that taste out of your mouth. It is. And, I agree. And, and it's that. not fair. It's not fair to Tennessee, uh, because you know I think that the win over over Pitt on the road at the time, albeit it was it was overtime, impressive win. What they were able to do in Death Valley against LSU, just whipping them forty to thirteen, absolutely. Um, but but then you you start going through it, and unfortunately, it's. What have you done for me lately? And what did we see last? And I saw a South Carolina team doesn't have, uh, has not impressed at times this season for whatever reasons. I've seen Spencer Rattler be Spencer Rattler. And guys, would you not agree? It's just hard to get what we saw where it was really never even a game. No, it wasn't. Last and, Saturday and night. It was a whooping, actually, you know, from South Carolina. So. Yeah, and and really, when you mentioned uh, the 2010 uh, Auburn team right there, that actually kind of reminded me, uh, even, you know, with the 2010 Alabama and the 2010 South Carolina. I mean, Tennessee is could be the 2010 Alabama of this year with having two losses, one to uh, Georgia, kind of like they did against Auburn, and one to uh, and then and then one against um, uh, uh, Alabama, or sorry, uh, South Carolina. You know, beating beating Alabama and then having to play against like Auburn or something like that and losing or whatnot. Sure. And and they had you know Stephen Garcia who played out of his mind against Alabama and was able to beat was able to beat them. And so you kind of compare Tennessee to the Alabama team and, and um, who, who lost, like I said, to Auburn and to South Carolina and South Carolina being that same thing, 2010 South Carolina. And it just kind of looking like that where they were like, they're, they're, they're that close, but they were, they're very talented, but they just, you know, whatever it was, they just didn't win. Um, but Moving on, I mean, I know, you know, within the SEC, uh, and I know we're here with with, uh, with Landrum Roberts of uh, 94.5, Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham, and I'm actually here at Troops Pizza in Cahaba Heights in Birmingham. So if you hear any background noise, that's what it is. Uh, but Auburn has uh, has had a little bit of – it's been in the news lately, uh, you know, with the coaching search, and there's been a coach uh, within the SEC, Lane Kiffin, and the last 48 to 72 hours has been just absolute madhouse on Twitter, and it's hilarious. Have you been keeping up with all of that? And what and what <laughs> would you what, – what, what, uh, 
what do you know being, you know, being a radio guy within Birmingham, within the state of Alabama, where Auburn is, uh, about this? What, what, what's the latest you've heard? Well, full disclosure, I'm a Juice Kiffin fan. He's a British Labrador. Uh, I've got I've got a black Labrador named yes. George who I'm yes. looking at right now, who I call my son. Uh, I've raised uh, six other Labradors uh, prior to George, and uh, that's you want you want to pull on my heartstrings. Give me a lab that that shows up wagging his tail and he's just looking to play and he wants to fetch and he just wants to hang out. So Juice Kiffin is number one <laughs> foremost. Forget about Lane. Forget about everything else. Uh, Juice Kiffin is 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 my favorite follow on yes. Twitter. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's a weakness that I have. But yes, absolutely. I've been following this and you know the the whole you know, Brian Harson, that was never a fit. It never felt it, it never felt like he, he unpacked his boxes. Um I and, agree and, with that. And I don't think that, that was entirely his fault. I think with the dysfunction that has been the Auburn Athletic Department. I don't and I guess you have to encapsulate it and you have to label it as a whole. But um, I, I do believe it's a new day. And I'm not I'm not standing here trying to give an, an Auburn infomercial, but I, I do think that John Cohen being hired, the, the president, Christopher Roberts, um, I do believe it's going to be different. And for the naysayers, and rightly so, that criticize Auburn and how things have been done in the past, there's, there's deserved criticism. Um, but I, I will say that I think that the, the Auburn coaching search and from day one and from having – when we were we were on the air, we did not expect it to happen when it did uh, on that Monday, and it happened at eleven fifty-five, right after. And, and I, that's a conspiracy. It's like okay, you know, because we, we had been embedded in it, um, didn't know it was going to happen that day. But when it did, the first thing that we heard, and I know that that Lane Kiffin, his name had come up prior to the Alan Green. I guess you could say, you know, rogue hiring of Brian Harson that Lane Kiffin was interested. Right. And um, to, to hear that name and, and Pat Smith, who I respect and I have the pleasure not only to, you know, and the honor to call him my friend, but somebody I work with every day who I truly respect, who's been doing this for a long, long time. He, he, he was the pioneer of the Paul Feinbaum Radio Network, co-creator of that, and is a guy that absolutely gets it. And he's covered 11 coaching searches um, between Auburn and Alabama in his career. And, I mean, you think about that, that's a lot of coaches. And and what he's, you know, said from the beginning, it's never the first name you hear. And I got, I got to thinking about it just as a fan and as a listener looking from the outside and the periphery. periphery and, and he's absolutely right. It's never the first name you hear. The most amazing thing to me has been that there's never been a wavering from, and, and we don't know what's going to happen, but never a wavering of Lane Kiffin and him being that name. And I'll say this for Auburn, uh, if you want to if you want to say good job, whatever, Lane Kiffin is an absolute splash hire. Uh, if he does end up going to Auburn, which I do believe that that is in place, that is going to happen, but – I'll say this for Auburn to swing big and 
for the names, like, you know, in, in past searches. And, John, you know, you guys can attest to this. I can remember when bigger names were being mentioned, and then all of a sudden, are you kidding, Gene Chizik? What? Right. Five right, and 19, right. Gene Chizik? Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, some of the names that you would hear. Same I mean, thing happened with Harrison, too. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, so, you know, for the fact that, that Auburn is willing to spend that kind of money, that everybody seems to be on the same page, you know, maybe it's a new day and, and maybe people are coming to their senses and, you know, maybe you, the old way of doing things that's, you know, college football and college athletics has, has changed a lot in the last 18 to 24 months. So I think Lane Kiffin to Auburn, do I think, you know, it's going to bring championships to Auburn? I, you know, honestly, I don't know. Uh, Lane Kiffin has won a Conference USA championship as a head coach, and that was at Florida Atlantic. SEC, it's, you know, you're swimming with the big sharks. But I'll say this, I've seen Gene Chizik win one. Uh, I have seen Gus Malzahn win one. I have seen Terry Bowden, well, under probation, but 11-0 perfect season and winning 20 straight. Uh, I've seen Tommy Tuberville do it. So this team would say yes, with the exception of Brian Harson, that, yeah, Lane Kiffin, he'll have all the tools he needs once it's announced. And I'll think that it will be this weekend that, that Lane Kiffin uh, – will have success. And, you know, if you're laying with it, you really blame him? Yeah, so exactly. I have, I have a follow-up question to that. So okay. if, Kiff, if Kiffin does take the Auburn job, does Ole Miss look at Deion Sanders? I would. Yes, do it. I this absolutely is- would. Um, <laughs> first of all, you're not going to have to pay the uh, relocation of moving expenses. I mean, he's right, right. there. No, I mean, I'm he's kidding. in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I don't know, you know, with with Dion, and that's that's so fascinating. You know, the 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 one thing that we 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 hear, and I think Dion, I I don't know how he would coach. Nobody does as a Power Five head coach. No, it's, un, it's unproven. I know that he attracts a lot of attention, a lot of pub, as does Lane Kiffin, by the way. Yep. Um, but. I do know that the Prime Academy uh, and his Primetime Academy, his Prime Academy that he started, that has apparently in back channels when candidate name comes across university president's desk, who ultimately, when you're running a functional athletic department, has to sign off on hire. Um, I've heard that that has come under scrutiny. And uh, you can go and you can dig up, you know, whatever that is. I'm I'm not knowledgeable enough to know what some of the blowback, the pushback is with the Prime Academy. Right. Um, but apparently there has been hesitation from college presidents throughout the – his name is coming up um, with, with certain things, you know, surrounding the Prime Academy. So does right. that mean he will he will never get a power five job? No, absolutely not. But if you couple that with you know some of the other uncertainties and what Prime would require as a head coach would be absolutely over the top autonomy, and basically I'll I'll call you on game day and I'll let you know you know who we're playing. Um, I, I think that that could be a problem. But yeah, at Ole Miss, do I think it's fit? No. Um, but I don't know where Dion's a fit. 
I mean, what what would you guys say? Where would where would Deion Sanders be a fit besides Florida State? Just give me that. I just give me that. I just think that I actually thought he might be a pretty good fit at Georgia Tech, maybe. Well, and and, and just I because see that. he's from Georgia. I mean, I realize Georgia Tech has some academic standards that maybe D, that wouldn't fit Dion as well, though. Well, and and I throw that that question out to you guys because does it really matter about fit anymore? Because I don't think it no. does. I don't think it does. I think it matters about splash. It it, it matters about attention. It, it matters about retweets and likes and whether you 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 agree with Lane Kiffin on social media. You know what? He gets attention. He gets headlines. Well, so does Dion. Dion does it too. Talk, and you're talking about a splash hire. If Kiffin was to leave Ole Miss and they could hire Dion Sanders, that'd be a splash hire. It'd be. A, it it would absolutely be a splash hire. And that um, would go right into that would go right into my chaos. My, 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 my love for chaos would be to have Dion go to Ole Miss the moment that <laughs> Kiffin goes to Auburn. So that's, that's, that would be that would I, I've been, be. I bet I bet all for it. <laughs> no, and I'm all about the chaos. I mean, you know, yes. you know what we do on a daily basis. It's yeah, chaos is good. Yeah, um, yes. it can be a headache at times trying to keep yes. up with it. But no, it's yeah. <laughs> It gives um, us but, something to talk about, right? Oh, That's sure, right. sure it does. But then, <laughs> I mean, it goes back to my point: who is a fit for who? If you're looking for that that coach, that oh, well, he fits with the ideals of our program and you know our benchmark and what we was. Come on, give me a break. That doesn't work <laughs> anymore. And your investment is a a max five year investment. Stop saying, well, I'm just worried he's not going to be here for ten years. You know the average coaching lifespan in the SEC. And this goes back to that I can't remember the year. Three it's or less four, than five probably. years. Yeah, it's yeah. less. Yeah. Three it's like four point something years. Yeah. So plan What's for five point? years. Stay relevant. Stay in the conversation. Whether you win eight games, nine games, ten games, or you know, whatever, stay relevant because that's where it is with recruits. NIL, that's a huge part of it. And and just be in the conversation. And so if I'm an Auburn fan, you know what? You got somebody who is who who if he does agree and you know anything can happen but when lane kiffin becomes a coach you got somebody that that knows alabama um that that knows nick saban and he he's a guy that you know it's gonna frustrate some auburn people but you know what uh nick saban can be nick saban because nick saban wins and nobody complains right correct right uh, Bill Belichick can be a jerk because he wins <laughs> world championships. Right. Uh, Lane Kiffin can be awkward, and he can be a social media nightmare sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, but if he sometimes. wins, all is forgiven. Right. Uh, but I'm just know, saying, nice guys that okay. win, they go four that. and eight. Nobody gives a damn at the end of the day. Right. Correct. So. You're 100 yep. percent right. Yep. Hey, so uh, here with the. With, with Landrum Roberts and Jacks 94.5. And, uh, you know, now that, you know, we're getting into the, the rivalry week. And so we've got the Egg Bowl with Lane's current school as of right now on uh, Wednesday, November 23rd at 7.32 p.m. Central Time. Right. It is Lane's current school of uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. We've got that one going. We've got the highly touted prospect school of Auburn and Alabama in the Iron Bowl 
on uh, on Saturday. Uh, there's the old uh, there's the uh, sorry the Ohio State Michigan game that's going on. Uh, there's there's plenty of rivalries that are going on. It also including LSU and A and M, which I keep for my chaos. Keep saying that A and M might pull it off. You stop it. You stop it, John. Yeah, yeah. He does. John, we share the, the same last name. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> he does keep saying that. It's, it's gracious. A, it's for my chaos. For my chaos, it would be hilarious just to see it. Even though everything about me says I do not want A and M to win another game or have any sort of success. Well, there hasn't been another disaster of a team more than A and M this year, so which is awesome. <laughs> no, but anyway, no. yeah. So, well, well, how are we feeling about all these different games here? Uh, you know, how, how are we leaning about the uh, the Ole Miss and the and and Mississippi State Egg Bowl with the two buddies and two weirdos uh, in Mike Leach and uh, Lane Kiffin? You know, I'll. Uh, Ole Miss was a was a, a a slight favorite in the last time I checked, around two two and a half. You know, earlier um, we were seeing scuttlebutt, and it's just craziness in Oxford that they were debating on to whether to even let Lane Kiffin coach the game. <laughs> this, this is uh, yeah. this is how much yeah. That's things crazy. change. But, but, yes, but, from their insiders, it went from. You know, all demands have been met, da 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 to uh well it is believed and apparently the you know the T V reporter John Sokolov, who everyone oh, was funny. chastising, yes. uh apparently he learned uh this information before we did and it does look like uh there is a you know a, a new head coaching search that will be taking place at Ole Miss, but Ole Miss will be better for it. Um and there's some other information that as far as their NIL there's certain people that had reluctance to support Lane Kiffin for whatever reason, and you can probably figure out if you look at the Mount Rushmore of Ole Miss um, who those people would be, um, <laughs> and that now they're they're throwing their full weight into the program. Um, all of that being said, and sorry, I mean, there's so many there's so many wormholes we can go down with this. I whole got you on that thing. one. Oh, this is this is this is this is great because yeah, the, I got you on thing, that one. You know, just even on the Twitter level, just on the, the the level of the fan bases are looking at you know the the different right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I think that I think. That I'm a Mike Leach. I'm a Mike Leach fan. I really like Mike Leach. He gives he gives some of the greatest like responses to anything you could ask, and he's just fun to listen to. You know, to be honest with you, like and, and, and so 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 you sit there and you just go, you go. Well, are you happy or are you sad that he's leaving? Like, or would you be happy or, or are you disappointed? What, what, what is it? You know, <laughs> and right. then it's, you know, and then, you know, just the, the whole tide has turned, uh, you know, in, in Oxford and it's just, it's funny. It's hilarious just to watch this. And it's just, it, it's crazy. And that's why, like, I love the chaos. And this is, so this does is all, those- does all this mess give Mike Leach a chance to win this game tomorrow? Uh, yeah, the, I, I think the problem that 
Mississippi. I think you're going to get an inspired group of Ole Miss players that come out. I don't think that uh, Lane Kiffin and that staff, I don't think they mail it in. Um, well, I do think that, you know, Mississippi State, they can have success through the air on an Ole Miss defense that, quite frankly, I mean, pick your spot. And I know they showed out Georgia Tech, but it was Georgia Tech under Jeff Collins before Brent Key when he took over. And, by the way, Brent Key's done a wonderful job. Um, he has. In the interim, interim and getting those guys. And it's not unlike what, what Carnell has done to a lesser degree at Auburn. Um, but, but I do think that the Ole Miss running game – um, that scheme, that attack, it's ultimately going to be too much. I think Ole Miss wins. That's going to be a nail-biter. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a wild scene. But you know what? We've gotten snow during that game. We've gotten uh, fake peeing on a, on a, on a, a, a goalpost in that game. Um, you know, Auburn and Alabama, some of the fans take it too far and they hate each other. That is a game tomorrow, guys, as you're digesting your Thanksgiving dinner, lunch, breakfast, eating all day. That is a game where watch those players in that game, and they genuinely hate each other. Yep, they do. Um, and God bless America, and God bless college football in America. The, fan, the fans do too, some. They do. They do. Yeah. Yep, for sure. John Roberts, you got some another question for him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, you're going into, again, the Iron Bowl, Cadillac Williams leading a team where he has actually played in this game. Uh, and, of course, a, a very memorable one. This happened to be my freshman year, which was go crazy Cadillac. Uh, and just everything that, that, that he has done for the program and stuff like that. So, going, you know, talk about the Iron Bowl now that we're – you know, gotten past the, the egg bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that I, I see 22. Uh, I, I don't think Vegas is that far off. I think Bryce Young and what Alabama can do uh, through the passing game will ultimately uh, be the – the biggest difference in that game. Auburn's going to play hard. Auburn just offensively, I think, for Pete Golding, that defensive staff, and, and they still have, as Drew Corrigan would say, they still have a lot of dudes on that defense, Alabama does. Uh, not a whole lot that they have to prepare for, and while simple can be better for that offensive attack for Auburn, guys will slip at it. Um, you know, the second half against Western Kentucky was one thing. Um, you, know, you, you didn't score a whole lot of points against Texas A&M. You won the game. And then Mississippi State, hell of a second-half effort. But I, I think Auburn's just – they're so limited. I do think Auburn keeps it on the number, especially with the, the weather that they're predicting, and it's rain. Um, but I, I think Alabama's you know, they win this game by, by 14 to 17 points. Yeah, I think this game, if it was in Jordan-Hare rallying um, around C Cadillac Williams, it might be – they might have a little better chance, but I agree with you, Landrum. Um, I think Alabama handles this game pretty – fairly easy anyway. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I agree too because, uh, you know, with it being – if it were in Jordan-Hare, then, you know, there's that possibility that Alabama has those – you know, one of those 12 to 15 penalties, 120-something yards of penalty – yardage and 
you know, just has turnovers and just can't put it together. And that would be something that would help Auburn, you know, propel them to a victory. But, you know, with it being in Bryant Denny and Alabama has just been a heck of a lot better and a just completely different team there than on the road, especially in that kind of environment. Um, yeah, I just – I don't see uh, – anything other than an Alabama victory, but, you know, maybe that it is underneath the, the, the number just because of the weather conditions and whatnot. But that's, yeah, that's what I see. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, any other games? I mean, we've got, we've got the, the Ohio State yeah. Michigan game or anything like that. I mean, we got a few others if you, uh, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Michigan, Ohio State, it's interesting. Uh, neither one of these teams has, has overly impressed me. Um, I, I will say this, and it's something I kind of picked up on. I do think that Michigan is is uh, more physical than Ohio State. I think that, that Michigan, while they're not as flashy with the wide receiving core that the Buckeyes have, uh, or even the quarterback, um, I, I do think that Michigan is a, a gritty, hard-nosed team. Um, I, I don't see this one going into the, the 30s or the 40s. I think it's a low-scoring game. But I, I just I have to think that ultimately Ohio State, uh, they pull it out. This is going to be a field goal game. Buckeyes win, and then Buckeyes get scrubbed when they eventually make it to the national championship game, just like they did a few years ago with Justin Fields as the quarterback. So is, Michigan, is Michigan going to have quorum? Do you, have you heard anything on that? I, I, you know, and, and they've been limited on that information. I know he had the knee injury and he said, I'll be back. He didn't say when, and apparently right. 24 hours after the injury, Blake Corum's, you know, passing out turkeys and, and, and doing things for the community, which is great. But uh, I, I don't know. I know that his odds in Vegas right now, as far as the Heisman Trophy race, you have Caleb Williams at as the favorite, according to Vegas. Next, you have C.J. Stroud. And then Blake Corum, your, your token running back selection that they have to include because it's a quarterback award now, it seems, right. every single year, is at plus 850. But I have to believe that uh, if he does play, guys, I, I don't think that he is the – the uh, the quorum that we're used to seeing, right? right. Uh, is there any other, any, any other games that you uh, that you really want to touch in on? Or I guess ask the last uh, the last little question here. Uh, what about, what about so, Notre Dame USC? Just real quick. Yeah, I think I think this this sets up. I think Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame they go in and uh, it's a rivalry game. Uh, I think that the Pac-12 holds serve as far as uh, stepping on uh, their. Uh, their own feet, if you will. And uh, I think the Notre Dame actually gets it done. Uh, I think yes. that Notre Dame wins that, yes. wins that football game. Chaos. And, uh, yeah, if you want to call it chaos, call it whatever. But well, that's, we you know, it's it just, at USC, too. So Absolutely. We call it status quo. Uh, Pac-12, <laughs> once again, strikes out and is left out of the college football play. Status quo. I like there that. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, the last – the last thing I really wanted to touch on was, uh, Landrum, you are a part of the UAB broadcast team, being the sideline reporter there. And uh, UAB, just talk about UAB this season and, uh, you know, their their next uh, game. I believe it's, what, La Tech right this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's La Tech. And, and um, 
guys, this UAB team watching um, and and you know, get to travel the team, get to uh, get to know while while already you know new members of the team doing the pregame show in the past, um, now being a full member of the broadcast team. Uh, Dwayne McBride, that running attack, amazing. Uh, Dwayne McBride, the only group of five uh, semifinalists for the Maxwell Award for the nation's most outstanding college football player, uh, the only group of five semifinalists for the Dope Walker Award. Last year, or last week in, in Baton Rouge, used sparingly. Part of that was what LSU presented on the defensive line. Uh, and, and their defensive scheme, but a lot of that was just putting emphasis on uh, Louisiana Tech and what this game means to a lot of these seniors. Um, five losses, 27 points doesn't tell the story. This is a UAB football team that's still got a lot of talent, uh, and, and the thing that I've been impressed with the most is how they've been unwavering, and, and I'll say this for a guy that I respect a whole lot and I've known uh, since he was a high school coach and cut his teeth here in the state of Alabama, Bryant Vincent as a leader of of young men and leading a program and how assistants and how uh, football players, that entire team would run through a wall for him. Uh, wins and losses are not always indicative of who you have heading a, a program. And I think Bryant Vincent absolutely is uh, a great guy. I don't know who the the, the, the candidates are, uh, for that head coaching job, I know that that one of them is Bryant Vincent, but I think UAB gets it done in Ruston. Uh, they're running attack, and by the way, Louisiana Tech is 130th out of 131 FBS teams against the run. So that, that uh, should bode well for yeah. Them. Go get you some <laughs> Dwayne McBride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're running back uh, UAB. Isn't he like third or fourth in the country in yards? He should be up there, definitely. Oh, wait a second. I think we, oh, we lost, lost him. We lost, we lost Landrum. Yeah, All I right, think well, we lost him. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I don't know if we're going to get him back, but I just wanted to say that, that was right there at the end of uh, – uh, uh, our interview right there with Landrum Roberts of Jocks 94.5. Uh, and he uh, was talking about UAB. He was talking about Dwayne McBride. He was, he was uh, talking about how, uh, how UAB, you know, while they don't have a great record right now, they are, you know, the, you know, with his insights on the team, that that team is much more than what that, uh, what that record shows. But, Again, it's uh, we, we had a uh, Landrum Roberts from Jocks 94.5. You can find him on Twitter. Um, if you search at Landrum Roberts, uh, and um, you can find uh, you, you can listen to him on the Jocks app if you're outside the Birmingham area or within the Birmingham area, Jocks 94.5, uh, and getting on the Jocks app. He is uh, from uh, three man front from 10 to 12 Monday through Friday and the morning morning jocks uh, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. So he basically bookends uh, the cult, the Mac and Cube show with uh, Greg McElroy and Cole Kubelik. So he is on both sides. Uh, 
but yeah, it was awesome to see it. And I wish I could have said thank you to him. Um, I know he yeah, appreciates that, it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah uh, we, def- we definitely wanted to sit, you know, end it yeah. a different way than this for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not yep. Open, um, but we lost him, it seems like. So, but we yeah, appreciate yeah. Landrum uh, Roberts being on with us. It's a big deal for us. And, uh, it was it was great talking football with him. He uh, he has a lot of knowledge and and it was fun to do. Yep. Yep. So we will uh, we will end this for now, and uh, we appreciate Landon Roberts being on with us. And this this was a, a fun episode to do. John Roberts, we appreciate you getting him on for us. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening in to us. And y'all have a good night and have a happy Thanksgiving. And we hope that everybody has a, a, a fun, safe holiday. And everybody gets lots of good eats. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> lots of good food. Eat some turkey and some dressing and, you know. Yep.